Mark chapter 16, verse 15. I want to preach a very simple message this morning. I won't keep you too long. Uh, but as you're turning there, true story, a man by the name of Vladimir Nabkov. He's a Russian author. Very popular back in the 1950s through to the 1970s. Most of his stories were fiction stories, but they were pretty much based on self. So this Russian author was so consumed with self. In fact, his character is actually known as one of a selfish kind of guy. So this guy, Vladimir Nabokov, according to news articles that were published, listen to this very carefully. It's been recorded that while on holidays, Nabokov and his family stayed with friends. The Russian author took the opportunity to enlarge his collection of butterflies and moths. One evening, he returned from his day's excursion saying that during his attempts of trying to catch a butterfly in an area called Bez Gulch, he heard someone crying out. He heard someone crying out mournfully, piteously. And his friend asked him and he said, did you stop? And his response was, no, I had to get the butterfly. And listen to this. The very next day, a corpse of an old man was discovered in Bear Gulch, but which is now being renamed in Nabkov's honor, Dead Man's Gulch. Now, I shared that story to say this, that while people around us are dying, how often we chase butterflies. And I want to preach a message I've entitled Chasing Butterflies this morning, a topic on a distracted church. Out of Mark chapter 16, this morning's our, our verse, verse 15, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus gives his disciples a divine call known as the Great Commission. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Let's pray. Father, I pray this morning that you would stir our hearts, burden our hearts for the lost. I pray, God, this morning that we will not be distracted by the butterflies of life, but God, be consumed with your mission and be focused in fulfilling your will on this earth. I pray this in the mighty and wonderful name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. So if you're taking note, number one, let's consider chasing butterflies. Let's consider the distractions this morning. Because church, we have a mission from the Savior. Can you say amen? amen? Us, the believers, the disciples must not be distracted with chasing butterflies, but saving souls. Think about it, being distracted from the mission. Think about it for a second. Jesus calls his disciples to go into all the world, preach the gospel. But I wonder, has the church been distracted? Listen to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. You know, when we got saved, when you gave your life to Jesus Christ, when you bowed your knee and you accepted Christ to come into your life, listen, you'd done something very significant. That day you joined the army of the Lord. That day you begin to be a soldier in Christ's army. You move from darkness into light and Jesus says to you and I this morning go into all the world and preach the gospel I mean go into all the world to do his will but I find you know what with many times and even myself to do his will can be difficult because we have become entangled with the affairs of this life Paul says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Jesus gives the great commission. Go into all the world. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, but somehow the believers have become entangled and ensnared. Entangled and ensnared. These butterflies, so to speak, these distractions have come in. And nowadays, you don't want to serve God. You don't want to serve God anymore because you've got things in place now. You've got some priorities, different priorities now. You're entangled with the affairs of this life. You don't want to do God's will anymore because you're ensnared by the sin of this world. And so disciples have adapted this mindset, this entitlement mentality. You know what? This smorgasbord, I'll pick and choose how I wish to live my life according to my own standards. And church, I'm telling you this morning, we can't do that today. We can't simply pick and choose. Christ is calling us to deny ourselves to pick up the cross and follow Him. Christ is calling us to go into the world. Christ is calling us to go and preach the gospel because many of us, many of us in these streets were once dead, but now we're alive. Many of us here this morning, we were once blind, but now we see because somebody had the audacity, someone had the courage, the boldness to be a witness for Jesus Christ, to tell you about the good news. And I'm telling you, we must not be silent as a church. We must not be complacent as a church where we become so comfortable in our congregation, in our seats, that we don't see souls saved in our churches. That we become deviated from the mission and Jesus is calling us and he's looking at his bride and what's happening. The church has become stagnant. The disciples have had this mindset of picking and choosing. But what about you this morning? Are you one of these disciples entangled with this affairs of this life? Are you a disciple here this morning where you've been ensnared by sin? And you know what? Doing God's will is difficult. But I come to remind you this morning of the vision and the mission of Jesus Christ. That we are soldiers this morning. That we are soldiers in His army. And I'm telling you, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. I'm telling you this morning, church, we need to rise up in these last days and be the church that Jesus Christ commissioned it to do. A young private in the army had just been invited to be in his best friend's wedding and he needed permission to attend the event. So he approaches his commanding officer and says, Sir, listen, there's a wedding on Saturday and I wondered if I could get your permission to attend. The commander checks the training calendar before saying, Yeah. You can go to the wedding, just be back by 1900 hours, 7 p.m. The young private shifts his feet uncomfortably before saying, listen to what he says, well, sir, I don't think you understand. I know you want me to be back by 1900 hours, but I'm in the wedding, so that will never work. The commander, the commander pushes his glasses up to the length of his nose and without missing a beat says, private, I don't think you understand. You're in the army. And I tell you what will and what won't work. You see, how much more should we as soldiers for Jesus Christ take Jesus' words seriously? We have orders from headquarters. Come on, somebody. Jesus Christ has given us the mission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. 
The vision of our church, the vision of our fellowship is over 2,600 churches across the world, the Potter's House. And our vision is evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. We believe in the Bible. We believe in what Jesus has said for us to be. The word evangelism means the spreading of the gospel by public preaching or personal witness. You see, you're soldiers for Christ. We are soldiers for Christ. We are ambassadors for Jesus. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We've been commissioned, church. We've been given these this particular divine order to go and be his witness to preach the gospel not in word only but in action and listen very carefully whatever the devil can't destroy he will distract we live in a world filled with butterflies and you know what you can be distracted trying to catch butterflies entangled with this life and around you souls are dying let not the church lose its cutting edge let not the church lose its focus on being a witness for Jesus Christ. According to the World Death, um, World Death Clock, listen to this, 1.8 people die every second. Think about it. Someone's just passing away around the world just like that. According to the World Health Organization, one person dies every 40 seconds by suicide. And while the world is dying, what is the church doing? You know, I'm not talking about an organization. I'm talking about you and I, individuals. I'm talking about we, the church, ecclesia, called out ones from darkness into light. Has the church deviated from the Great Commission? Has its believers become distracted? During the conference, you know, one of our pastors were preaching. And he was sharing the story that they went out street preaching. They went out on the streets and there was street preaching and there was a little old lady from Salvation Army holding a can for, of donations. And as she was standing there on a the corner, she was watching the Potter's House Church begin to street preach and begin to evangelize, begin to hand out tracts and invite people and, and witness to them about Jesus Christ. And the pastor was sharing the story and this little old lady with, uh, from Salvation Army brings her tin, goes across to the pastor and said to him very clearly, says, listen, Thank goodness for what you guys are doing because that's what we should be doing. I was thinking about that statement because the Salvation Army began with William Booth. This evangelical movement that began with, you know what, Salvation Army, to see salvation, to see souls being delivered from sin. And here they are, they used to be out on the streets doing the same thing, preaching and witnessing, but now they're known for their stores selling second uh, secondhand clothing. And sadly, this serves as an illustration to us that we should maintain our vision of what Jesus has given us, this divine mission from Christ. But let us not become distracted by the butterflies. What about you this morning? Are you catching butterflies or are you saving souls? Are you catching butterflies distracted with your own life while someone else, maybe at work, is dying inside? contemplating suicide someone at work maybe you know what is trying to reach out and you know giving you signs but you're not picking it up you're just so consumed with your own life 
Consume with your own followers on Instagram. Consume with the distractions on Facebook. Distracted and and yet people are dying around you. Jesus has called us, go into all the world, but do you remain part of that world? Distracted and looking back instead of looking forward. And Jesus says in Luke 9 verse 62, Jesus says, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. You see, it's the butterflies that distracts the believers. Mark chapter 4 verse 19, we read it in our Bible study this morning. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. The church becomes unfruitful because of the butterflies, because of the distractions. So let's consider secondly, the power that's needed. The power that's needed. I grew up in Papua New Guinea. And, uh, you know, there's been moments, there's been, you know, most times where there'll be a blackout. You know, most of you understand, but for those of you who come from, you know, a third world country, you know, it's, it's just common that there's always going to be a blackout. And I remember there's times where you'd be sitting down in, in home and there's no power. I mean, here we are in this awesome world. It's like, man, we can't even connect to Wi-Fi. But there's people out on the other side of the country who don't even have power. But here it is, you know, I, I, this morning I'm, I'm going through my notes and Pastor Dax sends me the message and you know what he's saying, hey, listen, please pray. There's a city that there has, they haven't had any power for two months. I'm thinking, wow, man, he, that's, that's amazing. No power for two months and we struggle here to live in, in Australia. No power, but I'm thinking about that this morning. I wonder could it be said of your life that you ain't got no power for two months. You ain't got no power in your life. You know what, you want to do God's will, but you're finding it so difficult. Listen, it's because you lack power. It's because you lack spiritual power. Pastor, I want to be involved. I want to do God's will, but yet to live. I mean, we preached the other Wednesday night. You know what, it's not about what we do. It's about who we become. That Christ changes us on the inside, that we can do what we've been called to do. And God has given us power. Can you say amen? 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Say power this morning. Power. Come on. And of love and of a sound mind. That word sound mind is translated self-control. And so listen, church, disciples, we can have self-control. We don't have to be distracted by the butterflies and be entangled and be ensnared. We've got power from the Most High. We've got power from the Holy Ghost. And listen, you can have dominion today. You can overcome the distractions. You can overcome the entanglements and lay aside the weight that easily ensnares you by the power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Let me rephrase that. You shall be witnesses to me in Queensland, in all Brisbane and Beanley and to the ends of the earth. 
I'm telling you this morning, church, listen, disciple, brother, sister, God wants to deposit supernatural power in your life so that you can be a witness for Jesus Christ, so that you can now begin to share the good news and save someone's life, not because of what you can do, but what lies inside of you. Greater is he that's in me, that is he that is in the world. I'm telling you, we've got power from God. We've got power from the Holy Spirit that can give us a supernatural dimension that we can be a bold witness in this lost and dying world. Have a listen to this verse in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5. Listen to this. For our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance, as you know what kind of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. Verse 7 says this, so that you became examples to all in Macedonia and Achaia who believe. For from you the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. For they themselves declare concerning us what manner of entry we have to you and how you turn to God from idols to serve the living, true God. Paul writes here and he's saying, listen, this church didn't become distracted by the butterflies. You've stayed true. You were examples to those in that city. And now they were able to believe. Can I encourage you this morning? You have a testimony today. That you might not have the right words to speak, but your example alone is speaking to them. I remember when I got saved, uh, you know my story. I gave my life to Jesus Christ in grade 12. And my whole life, I, I built up this, this identity in what I thought was pretty good. I thought I was the popular guy in school. I had the girls, had the music going and everything. But then I gave my life to Jesus Christ and I decided not to sit with the boys anymore. I decided to not hang around with the, the group that was influencing me the wrong way. And I started to sit at the front in Matt's class trying to do some work. I know, it was a miracle. <laughs> and here it is, you know what? I decided to make one decision to sit away from the boys and then this one guy gets up from his seat and he says, Bobby, what's going on? You okay? You're not sitting with the boys anymore. What's happened? And I said to him, I said, hey, listen, I become a Christian. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. He's changed me. And you know what? He, he began to open up his heart. He says, man, my, my family used to be Christian. He begins to open up about his own life, how he's going through difficulty. And I'm sharing him what Jesus has done in my life. I'm giving him testimonies of other people that I've met in church. And then he begins to see, he goes, man, I've noticed that you're not swearing and you're not doing it." And I'm telling you this story not to, you know what, blow my own horn. It's not about that. It's about this, this understanding that, you know what, you don't have to speak. Your testimony, your lifestyle that's changed begins to speak better than words. It has so much weight to your life that now you begin to live this life, not having a form of godliness, denying its power, but you're filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now being a witness for Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, 
when you're not distracted, a church that is bold in their witness for Jesus Christ now begins to do wonderful works for Jesus. Listen to John 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Amen. I wonder what greater works are yet to be fulfilled when you decide not to be distracted. I close with this poem. When I stand at the judgment seat of Christ and he shows me his plan for me, the plan of my life as it might have been had he had, had, he had his way and I see. How I blocked him here and I checked him there and I would not yield my will. Shall I see grief in my Savior's eyes? Grief though he loves me still. Oh, he'd have me rich and I stand there poor, stripped of all but his grace. But while my memory runs like a hunted thing down the paths I can't retrace, then my desolate heart will almost break with tears that I cannot shed. I'll cover my face with empty hands and bow my uncrowned head. No, Lord of all, Lord of the years that are left to me, I yield them to thy hand. Take me, make me, mold me to the pattern thou hast planned. You see, one day you're going to stand before God. You're going to die. And you're going to stand before God in heaven. What have you accomplished in your life? That you know what? Jesus gave you a mission, a commission to go into all the world. He says to his soldiers, when I mean, you think about the army, attention. But yet when a soldier for Christ stands before Christ, at ease, soldier. Well done, good and faithful. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Are you avoiding God's will in your life? Have you become entangled by the affairs of this life? Have you become ensnared by sin? Listen, it's time to give your life back to Jesus and allow God's Spirit to be at work in your life. And I'm encouraging you this morning, you be a witness, you be a testimony for Jesus Christ and let Him use you to depopulate hell and populate heaven. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. Very simple message. Let's not be chasing butterflies. Let's save some souls. If you missed last Wednesday's sermon, I encourage you to, you know what, go on to Spotify, listen to the message. Very balanced message about, you know, it's not about what we do, but who we become. I spoke about how Christ changes us on the inside. And we ought to live faith on the inside out. And when Christ changes us on the inside, He gives us the power to do His will. He gives us the power to now be a bold witness for Jesus Christ. While every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to give a simple invitation this morning. Maybe you're here today and you're not right with God. You're not saved. You're unsaved and you're backslidden. You're away from God and you feel God moving right now upon your heart to get your heart right with Jesus. My brother, my sister, God sees the tears that you cry. God knows exactly who you are. He wants to give you a new start, a new beginning. But more importantly, He wants to give you eternal life. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus did not die to bless you. He died to give you eternal life. He died to forgive you. 
you're here this morning and you feel God and you feel the Spirit of God tugging on your heart to give your life to Jesus. You need forgiveness. You're here, you're unsaved and you're backslidden, but you want to give your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, I want you to do one simple thing. Raise your hand this morning. Raise it up high so I can see it and I count it a privilege to pray with you. You're unsaved or you're backslidden, but you want to give your life to Jesus. If that's you, raise it up. No one looking around. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? You're not saved. You're backslidden. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift it up this morning. God wants to forgive you. You're living in sin. Listen, the Bible says that it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment. You'll stand before a holy God who would bring an account to your life. The Bible says our sins are what separate us from God. Listen, there's going to come a time where God is going to judge you. But are you right with the Lord? If you're not right, you know you don't have assurance of going into heaven. Amen. This is the day. Why don't you give your life to Jesus? Say, say yep, that's me. I want, to get, I want to get right with God. I want to have Him in my life. I want to have eternal life. If that's you, raise it up. Join His honest hearts. Unsaved, backslidden. God's dealing with you this morning. Why don't you come home? Backslider, come home today. Give your life back to Christ. Surrender it before the Lord this morning. Amen and amen. Amen. My two sisters, amen. You lifted up your hand. Come, come out of your seat. Come. Join me at the altar. We're going to pray. Come. Come join us at the altar. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you you want to. You want to come and accept Jesus in your life. Come stand at the altar right now. and We're going to pray this prayer together. Amen. God bless you guys. God bless. Well done. Amen. God bless. Amen. Just pray this prayer. Just say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Cleanse me, forgive me of my sins. I'm asking that you would come into my life and you will be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I'm asking the same power that raised you from the dead to live within me. Help me to be a disciple, an example to others. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Father God, in the name of Jesus, seal this prayer, God. Seal, Lord God, this wonderful work, this new beginning that's begun right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus sets them free. God, I pray destiny be unfolded on these two precious souls in Jesus' name. Church, these altars are open. Why don't we come and find a place to pray? Let's not be distracted. Let's get serious. Maybe God's been dealing with you about being serious a serious disciple for Jesus. Come on, it's not time to play games with this world to be entangled. He's coming back. Jesus is coming back for His church. I want to encourage you. Maybe, you know what, you're you're struggling. Listen, you need power. You need Holy Ghost power. Come to the front. Come at this altar and just begin to do business. The altar is where God alters our lives. Come out of your seat. Say, God, use my life. I don't want to you know what play games in this world anymore i don't want to be fake i want to be authentic in my faith come on church it's time that we rise up it's time the church begins to move from the shadows it's time the church begins to be bold in their witness hallelujah god i pray you raise up an army lord god of holy ghost filled men and women filled with your power filled with anointing god god that we would see lord god miracles just like in the book of acts God, people set free, people, Lord God, are healed of diseases. 
that we would even see people raised from the dead, Lord God. You've given us power to do great and mighty things in this world, Lord God. So let the church rise up, Lord God. I pray against a comfortable Christianity. I come against, Lord God, this idea and this mentality, Lord God. Oh, I pray, Father God, that you'd help us to be, Lord, just as you were. Eyes are set as flint to do your will. Oh, God, burn within us, Lord God, a burden for souls. Burn within us, Lord God, a desire and a passion. God, to seek you and your will. Change us from the inside out. God, move us, Lord God, from the shallows into the deep for a catch. Touch, Lord God, those at the altar this morning, Father God. Fill us with fresh power. Fill us, Lord God, with fresh anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ. Loose your spirit in the name of Jesus. Touch, touch right now, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Fill them with your power. Use her as a testimony, God. Use her, Lord God, for your glory. Use her, Lord God, in this very place, this very hour. For such a time as this, you've called us, Lord God, to be your witness. You've called us, God, to do your will. You've called us, Lord Jesus, commissioned us to do your will, God, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. God, we pray for Pastor Dax and Rose, who are missionaries. God, preaching the gospel, Lord God, in that country. Lord God, they've laid down their lives for you. I'm praying, Father God, that you, the same spirit that is left here this morning, God, the mantle that's been thrown upon disciples, God, I pray a double portion of Pastor Dax's spirit, God, of evangelism, God, of missionary work, God, that would be embedded into this church, in this congregation. God, you've, God, you've called people here this morning to be shepherds, to be pastors. Lord, it's not a career, it is a calling. God, I pray this morning that you would use a devoted man and woman. God, that you would use, Lord God, people in this congregation to be a witness for you. God, that you would fill us with your power and anointing, Lord God. God, we desire that old gospel where the blood will never lose its power. We believe, God, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus. I pray, raise us up as men and women, God, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Lord God, filled with the vibrant power of the Holy Ghost. God, that we can stand on the street corners and declare truth. God, that we can stand, Lord God, upon us. God, the, the corners, Lord God, of this world uh, to preach truth. Uh, God, that we would be in this world and not of this world, uh, God. Uh, I pray, Father God, that you'd raise up, Lord God, faithful men and women, uh, Lord God, who aren't distracted, uh, who aren't entangled, who aren't ensnared by this life. Uh, God, but devoted uh, disciples, uh, devoted to do your will, devoted, God, to be challenged. Uh, God devoted God this morning, Lord. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, amen. If you're not praying, you can stand right where you are. Let's sing out this song. Hallelujah. Consuming fire. My heart's desire, and oh, how I need. 
holy fire. Come set me on a holy fire. Burn right until the whole world finds your love. Your love. Fill me up. Come fill me up, Holy Ghost. Turn right until the whole world knows your love. Your love. Set me on a holy fire. Come set me on a holy fire. Burn right until the whole world. Find your love, your love. This is my one desire. This is my one desire, and only this I seek to be a living fire, consume completely. This is my one desire, and only this I seek. To be a living fire, consume complete. This is my one desire. This I only this I feel. To be.